the fact that AI has become so pervasive means that it's coming at that kind of problem from a variety of angles. One of the things it's doing is it's surfacing better information, better knowledge in a knowledge management system, but it's also directing it to where it can do the most good and where it's the most useful. Welcome back to the CX Pulse podcast. We're glad you're joining us. Welcome back to the show. We are here with the CX Pulse podcast, and I'm your host, Amelia Rose Earhart. Today, we have the honor of being joined by Keith Dawson, analyst with Ventana Research. And Keith, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. I'm very happy to be here. Now, today we've got a big conversation planned all around AI in the Comtech Center. But before we get to that, why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and your expertise? Happy to. I have actually been around contact centers for a very long time. I would prefer not to say exactly how many decades, <laughs> but I've been covering them for a very long time. I've been on the analyst side for going on 15 years now, and I've watched as contact centers have changed a great deal over the last, let's say, 30 years. So now is a very exciting time. Exactly. And that's why we've got this conversation planned, because you have seen that change over time. And today, we're specifically going to dive into the topic of why AI or artificial intelligence is so hot right now and why it's making inroads to contact centers right now. So let's start there. Okay. It's a very broad and sort of complicated subject. But one of the things that's going on is that it is becoming much more accessible. It's been in the works for a very long time, really. But it took time for it to become embedded in the platforms in such a way that it became actually useful to people without actually becoming overwhelming to the average user and without being prohibitively expensive. People have been talking about the coming of AI for a very long time, but the complexity really made it out of reach for most people. It made it something that was really in the domain of data scientists and IT people and business planners. And it really wasn't actively tangible in a way that made it realistic for practical operations teams like, like contact centers. What that did, though, was allow it time to germinate and for it to become deeply embedded at the platform level in a lot of systems by a lot of vendors, to be honest. And even though it wasn't obvious necessarily to day-to-day -day contact center users, it was creeping into the basic technology that they use all the time, right, for several years going, and it was happening under the surface. So when realistic use cases began to emerge a couple of years ago, they were seen as both innovative and evolutionary rather than revolutionary. I think the explosion of use cases is what's really startling here. And as contact centers have become more entwined with other processes in customer experience and in the back office, the need for the kind of complicated data analysis that AI can provide has become a lot more intense, to be honest. And modern systems have really stepped in to fill what I think has become an emerging need. Well, you really put that so well. It is such an abstract concept, hard to imagine what it would look like day to day. So you've got a couple examples for us, some of those use cases where it really is making a difference in terms of operations. It is almost shocking how many there are and how widely spread across different kinds of functions modern AI has become in contact center. And, you know, to be honest, I was a little bit of a skeptic at first. You know, I see it as a sort of sci-fi concept. And in reality, it's a lot more productive, a lot more genuine, rooted in reality than I think anybody expected three or four years ago. Things like workforce management the fundamental application in contact centers, scheduling and forecasting and all that, can now be done using AI in a much more efficient way. Another very important use case is agent evaluations for quality monitoring. In the old way, supervisors would be tasked with listening to or evaluating a certain number of 
calls selected randomly per month per agent. And it was, you know, it was time consuming and, and, and burdensome, really. And with AI, you can now do automated 100% evaluations of all the transactions, all the interactions that go on. And that presents a level of fairness, and it presents an opportunity for supervisors to recapture some time and spend it where it's needed, things like that. Some of the other use cases are also pretty dramatic in terms of the kinds of changes they introduce, right? One of them is the idea of bringing real-time agent guidance to the agent during an interaction or you know, there's a variety of different ways people talk about this. I like the term next best action, which indicates that the agent is being clued in to what the context around the interaction is and what possible next steps they should take. The fact that AI has become so pervasive means that it's coming at that kind of problem from a variety of angles, right? It's one of the things it's doing is it's it's surfacing better information, better knowledge in a knowledge management system, but it's also directing it to where it can do the most good and where it's the most useful. And, you know, I think the other thing that people talk about a lot is conversational self-service, you know, the ubiquitous chatbots or automated conversations with non-human actors in interactions. All of these things, they have measurably impactful effects. And I think what they have in common is that they all collectively keep the details, right, the hard stuff about AI, the complexity and the, and the science away from line of business users, right? It keeps it away from the actual person who's interacting with it. These are folks who don't want to train data models. They don't want to become data scientists. They neither have the interest or the time. And having that abstracted away from them really does make it much more attractive to use a complex system like this. Right. So, you know, the key to any of these use cases, I think, is insulating the end user from the complexity of what's going on behind the scenes, particularly the data science. So Keith, I can really imagine that would cut down on the frustration that agents feel when you know going through their day-to-day process. So in terms of new tools like guidance and assistant, are they having any sort of impact on turnover? Are your agents sticking around longer with this new technology? There's a lot to unpack in that question. And I think the underlying premise of what you're asking has to do with the changing relationship between contact centers and their agents. And a lot of that has to do with changes in the last two years, you know, pandemic related. The idea that agents had to be recited, you know, taken out of large centers and put into work from home environments. And then they had to be re-equipped with technology to facilitate that. And that creates a whole new basis for what people call workforce engagement. The idea though that some of these technology advances were accelerated by the pandemic is true. And it also coincides with the social shift in attitudes about work, right? People were talking about the great resignation in contact centers. What that means is that it's ever more important to have real good structures in place for proper hiring, proper training, coaching, and all of the little things, you know, the HR things that go into making a relationship with an agent, wanting that person to stick around and be happy and feel like they have a future. So the environment is pretty much primed for contact center management to say to agents, we're working to equip you with better tools that make your workplace smoother and more reliable. And even as you're working from home and you're separated from your peers and from your supervisors, we're going to give you better data to interact with customers, right? We're going to give you more insight into the surrounding context around any given interaction. And we're going to give you more automated support so you can solve more complicated problems. And that makes the agents feel more connected to a stronger source of, I guess the best way to describe it would be a consistent truth through the knowledge management systems that are powered by AI. 
and it allows them to have a certain amount of confidence when they interact with customers, which makes the job potentially more satisfying. I, you know, I talked a minute ago about the fairness of the evaluations, and I think that has a role to play as well. And I think overall, it's not a direct line from implementing AI to reducing turnover, but the combination of steps that we go through as a result of having AI certainly does lead to outcomes that I would say would be positive, like higher agent satisfaction, longer tenure, hopefully less turnover. I think we're still too early to see whether there's a direct impact between AI and and turnover, but it is easier to target training and coaching where it's needed in this new environment. Mm-hmm. It makes sense. Well, to me, I hear you're, you're saying that agents now have a co-pilot, right? It's yeah. not someone to do all the work, but it kind of, you know, you can get some guidance and uh, feel a little bit more confident in your approach. So it makes a lot of sense. All right. Earlier, you talked about keeping the details of AI away from actual users, but aren't there data professionals still needed behind the scenes? Yes, certainly for some of the more complex use cases. Yeah, there, there may be needs to, to create and train and update models. I think you're going to see that particularly in larger organizations where they perhaps need more ambitious analytics systems. And you're going to see it especially across processes like marketing where you're leveraging contact-centered data and combining it with data from other sources. One of the things I think that makes it so attractive now when we say AI is that we're talking about using machine learning to surface insights and help automate these complex processes. So Sometimes you're going to need an expert to assist with that, yes. But, you know, again, from a line of business point of view, much of that work has already been done either by the vendor in development or by IT and related teams during deployment. So out of the box, I think the trend has been to make it largely usable by non-scientists, non-data professionals as a way of, you know, making it more friendly and, and, and making acceptance and uptake more likely to happen. I do think though that the need for support by data professionals goes down a lot easier when the tool, you know, the AI or the machine learning is being talked about internally, you know, in the organization in terms of the outcomes it's going to have, right? In terms of solving the very specific business problems in those use cases that we talked about before, you know, where it's not being discussed as a magic bullet to solve every problem or a shiny object. It's being discussed as if it has real benefits in observable cases. And that takes a lot of the sting away from, yes, having to have some data professionals behind the scenes, but also being able to abstract that away from the line of business user. Right. Our understanding of artificial intelligence does have sort of a a mysterious view of it. So really humanizing it and showing the ways that it can help makes a lot of sense. I think you put that very well. So let's head into the future now. Thinking about AI long-term, are there still uses for AI that are waiting to be explored, in your opinion? Yeah, certainly. I am sure, first of all, that there are many that nobody has thought of yet. And as we go farther into the process of integrating the contact center with other parts of the customer lifecycle or you know, the customer experience, you know, more will be exposed as possible. And I think as we deepen the processes around customer experience, and again, knit the contact center together with marketing, with sales, with commerce, with the back office... We're going to find that a lot of the interesting things people want to do in areas like personalization or targeting promotions or offers to specific people, specific customers or groups of customers, those things are going to be genuinely really assisted by AI and machine learning. And I think some of those areas are places where perhaps some of those other departments have had a head start especially marketing, which you know has been using some form of AI in some contexts for things like personalization and targeting for some time. 
But when we talk about broader ways of orchestrating the customer journey and having more control over the customer's life cycle, the need to automate the processes that cross different teams and different technology stacks becomes pretty sharp. So that's an area that's just beginning to be explored. You know, I think just going back to something we talked about a minute ago, we're already exploring conversational AI. And I think that that expands as the capabilities of systems become more robust. And we're going to start to task the automated bots that have some underlying AI to them. We're going to task them with more complex types of interactions, the kind that, that maybe involve problem solving or purchasing. And there may be upselling or cross-selling applications for it, for example, or, or having automated systems recognize when and where there is an opportunity and funneling that interaction, for example, to to people or teams that might be specifically skilled in what those interactions need. So yeah, there is a wide range of things yet to be explored. Again, though, I have a feeling that if you were to ask me what the most important use case is five years from now, it'd be something we don't know yet and haven't discussed, right? Because it hasn't emerged yet. Oh, I love that attitude. That means you're always thinking about the furthest next thing. So, all right, as we head into our last question here and wrap up, let's talk about why we should consider going with a vendor for AI models versus building your own. That's actually a pretty easy one. And I think it's mainly because you want to be able to use it, right? You, you want it ready. You don't want to um, have a long, tedious development process. The idea of having the vendor handle the AI modeling is important, I think, because they have the collective knowledge of multiple customers, multiple contact centers, multiple use cases. They are able, I think, to cut down all the elements that you care about, right? Cost, complexity, and time. I think that generally the best approach, vendors are able to collate these best practices that come from the multiple deployments that they participate in, and they can pick and choose among the most effective models, right? So building your own I think is tantamount to reinventing the wheel in a lot of cases. It's neither necessary nor desirable in a lot of cases. Now, I wouldn't say that that's 100%, right? It's never always going to be the case. You're always going to have some some unique characteristic that maybe you want to build your own or, or train your own. I don't think anybody would really object to that, but by and large, you're going to want to have somebody handle all of the tedious, expensive stuff for you before it shows up at your doorstep. Yep, absolutely. Why not follow a roadmap that's already there, right? Well, Keith, thank you so much for joining us today on the CX Pulse podcast. Why don't you let everybody know where we can learn more information about yourself and Ventana Research? I would encourage everyone to go to VentanaResearch.com. Also, I am available on Twitter and LinkedIn and look forward to connecting with anyone who wants to have more of this discussion. Wonderful. All right, Keith, we'll see you next time. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for joining us on the CX Pulse podcast. Stay tuned for upcoming episodes.